0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Guardians. As always, I am your host, Amari McPherson, and we have a special guest today. I've had a couple guys on from Waiting for Next Year, uh, multiple guys on through the course of the season. But today, uh, thank you to Joe Gerberry, the owner of Waiting for Next Year. Thank you so much for coming on, Joe. I know it's the offseason. We don't have much to talk about, but we're going to try to get something done.
1: There's always something to talk about with baseball. That's one of the good good and bad things uh, about baseball is that there's always something going on, even well, maybe when there's I should nothing specify. going
0: on. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe I should specify. Maybe there's, there's not much to talk about when it comes to the Cleveland Guardians. Yes, yes. I should be the, more specific about that.
1: It has definitely been a slow off season for the guards, but uh, as, as always, there's there's something to talk about.
0: That's right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, hey, we can get right into it. Um, as we all know, it's been a slow off season. There hasn't been much movement uh, on the Cleveland side. Um, you could say it's because of the owners. You could say it's because of the TV deal. But um, news coming out just a couple of days ago, Amazon will be investing in Diamond Sports Group in their bankruptcy. I wanted to ask you whether or not you think that that will kind of be a key to, um I don't know, start, you know, are they going to start spending? Is it too late start between something. now and the and in the uh, spring training, or maybe that will kind of get a spark in the trade talks later in the season? What do you kind of see going on with the season?
1: the The Amazon deal is really interesting in that it does give Diamond uh, Diamond Group a a leg to stand on that they didn't already have. Um, I have I've read a, a bunch of stuff on it, and I've been trying to track it because I, you know. I, don't want to do the ballet experience again through another year, as, like most guardians fans. Um, and the idea of watching it, uh, watching uh, games on prime would be great. Um, but it seems like the guardians are actually not part of that grouping. And, uh, and, um, and it's still, it's like you said, it's all kind of nebulous right now. Um, it does look like it's going to help them though. Once all that gets sorted, because even the Rangers are, in a hold, the twins are in a hold, like other organizations are feeling this crunch from the Diamond Media Group, like going and going back up, not having money to spend. Um, I mean, Rangers won the World Series and they're fighting in arbitration with uh Adeliz Garcia over a couple you know, a couple million dollars. Um, so it's it's obvious that it was there. I do think that um once that set gets settled, because they want to f- finish that by I think February first. Um, so it's likely that we will see some sort of movement one way or the other, whether that means they're going to, you know, hey, we can keep Bieber and trade, you know, somebody else or, or you know, go out and try to sign a a free agent bat. Um, there's not much else out there at this point this is the problem um, that can help. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, I do think that there will be some movement in February, where Super Bowl time, a little bit after that, as spring training gets ready to start off. Uh I think pitchers and catchers are reporting the fifteenth of February. Mm-hmm. So
0: Yeah, I feel like for me it kind of like almost tempers expectations almost because like I said, we know how how lowly the uh, offseason has gone. But then you do kind of remember like, well, I guess that is a a legitimate reason. I know we do like to blame the Dolans for being cheap at times and not really making moves that we want them to make. But when you think about, well, this is a significant chunk of change that they could use to go and get somebody, but they simply don't have it because they don't know what's going to happen. So that's good. But um looking at the athletic, they graded our offseason as a C minus. So I want to get your thoughts on that because that seems pretty accurate, I guess, and I believe that's after the trade of uh Esteban Florial.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty good grade for adding Austin Hedges, Scott Barlow, and uh Florial. Uh, you know, obviously I haven't signed anybody of any huge note yet i think the hedges deal is way more of a leadership locker room role than a um an on field uh talent i really like the estevan Florial trade i think you i think it accomplished what a shane bieber trade would do at a much lower cost um the only thing that you know twitter blows up about trading bieber the only thing that would have changed in a in a Bieber return that you got from a Cody Morris return was control. Florial checks all the boxes of what you were of what the team wants. Someone who's got traits, who's got, uh, you know, the ability to play a good defensive center field. Um, he's just out of options. So he's a, a DFA player. If, if the, if it doesn't go well, um, which can be okay because they have guys that are coming up, you know, uh, Valera and Jonathan Rodriguez and uh, John Kenzie Noel are knocking at the door in the outfield. So, um, but yeah, I see I, mine C- grade for a team that's made three moves, you know, and they, they bolstered their bullpen. They added some leadership and a good, you know, a a decent backup catcher, and Pat. And, a guy that probably is going to start for them in center field. So, I mean, it's a pretty good grade for what they've done.
0: Yeah. uh, If you could, if you could span on that, you said that he could probably start in center field. Want to get your thoughts on whether or not, like, where do you see his role on this team? Because as you mentioned, he is out of options. So it really does. That's a, to me is a big risk because even if he does struggle, it's not like you can send him down and bring somebody else up. And we all know that he's, you know the the difference between the majors and the minors are very large last year his wrc plus in the majors was 83 uh and in the minors it was 130 so like that's a pretty big jump so like i said um you know if he struggles it seems like you're going to have to keep him on the roster because he doesn't have options but what do you see his fit on this team is going to be
1: yeah i think he's definitely in if not in the mix for starting uh, if if not if not starting on opening day in center field at least in that mix, um, I can see them carrying five outfielders. Quan obviously starting out in left. Uh, Florio starting in center with Straw as the fourth guy, and then a platoon in right um, with Will Brennan and Ramon Loriano. I think that's how the the outfield will shake up in the beginning of the season, um, and that 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 does the uh the righty lefty platoon in, in, in right field because Loriano's numbers against right righties are just really rough. Um and Will Brennan can do, you know, he, he's he's his ceiling is much lower, but um he can still put the bat the ball. Um the issue with Florio that I've seen, you know, is he's been hurt and yeah, he had an eighty three WRC plus, but it was in seventy one games, seventy one plate appearances rather only appeared in 19 games with the Yankees. Um, They DFA'd him in April when, you know, teams were breaking camp and everything like that. And then they brought, they were able to keep him. He went through waivers. um, And then he had the season that he, the the great season he had in the minors last year. Um, I think his traits mark out what Cleveland has been trying to do lately um, with the division de los Santos rule five pickup. Uh, with the Khalil Watson pickup. Um, I wrote about this on waiting for next year. So go check that out. Shameless plug is shameless, but um, they, uh, the team has been trying to, it seems go a little bit more away from what they have in, uh, in the system right now, which is guys with big power traits that are a little bit more free swingers, a little bit more ceiling in their, in their bats. Um, Watson obviously is now, I think in double A or we'll start in double A. Um, De Los Santos is a rule five guy. So he has to be with the team too. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. There is some weirdness with what they have going on that they are like betting heavily on some lottery tickets um, on Florio on uh, De Los Santos. Because, if something goes wrong those guys are gone you know and if the, it, for those not familiar with rule 5 um they were able to take him from Arizona and he has to remain on the major league roster uh for the entire season um there is a like minimum games played if he hits the injured league or injured list or anything like that but basically if he gets sent down to the minors he has to be returned to Arizona so um it's a it's a really wonky situation with uh, Josh Naylor at first and Kyle Manzardo that you acquired last year. So I'm not real sure what they're doing <laughs> with those, but there are some definitely some some weird uh, quirks there.
0: Yeah, now I have a random question while you are going through that, and I think I already know the answer, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway. So I believe Absolutely. it was yesterday that the Yankees, uh, they DFA'd Oscar Gonzalez. Um, they sure did they did so would you welcome an Oscar Gonzalez reunion in Cleveland or are you going to stay far away from him because of this lack of success in, the, in in Cleveland uniform i think it's it's
1: it's funny because i think if you look at the numbers uh, and, and if you look at the the stats and the and the profile florial is actually really close to what oscar gonzalez does offensively um, he's a little faster, but he plays a much better center field. Um, and the slog that's coming up in high in Triple A, um, and eventually, you know, Chase Delatorre is going to get there as well. But you, they have a chalked outfield in in Columbus with Valera and J Rod, and they want to get Angel Martinez in the in center field, and Noels at playing DH probably. There's really no reason to bring Oscar back. As much as we all love SpongeBob, but uh, you know, I'm I'm all for it if they're able to work it out. But I don't know how that's going to fit organizationally. You know, he just ends up being some depth and uh, not really much else. You know, average average fans will want to have him back because he's a he's a name that we've seen play and perform well. But I don't know that it matches the uh, the numbers too well.
0: Yeah, they'll get the nostalgia of uh, SpongeBob. SpongeBob SquarePants theme song right. playing, you know, absolutely it really comes up to the plate. Um, I do want to throw out one name really quickly. I just, just wanted to get your opinion or really anybody else's opinion. Cause this is just a thought that I had now, as we know, like we just mentioned already, the whole diamond sports group and the lack of funds for the, the guardians and other teams like that. Now, when the news came down that Harrison Bader, he was signed by the Mets for, um, I believe it was two years or one year, ten and a half million. and Um, Now, somebody I'm not saying that we needed to go get Harrison Bader, but I think somebody of that mold, almost someone who has speed, has a little bit of pop in in his bat and somebody who can play everyday center field, especially for the value that they got him for. He hasn't made over five point two million over the past two years. And when you uh, do the average out, I think it would fit well within the Guardians uh, payroll. Um I think, like I said, it doesn't have to be Harrison Bader, but why do you think a move like that wasn't made for Cleveland? I think
1: the money tied up right now, and I do think they have some guys that they like that are coming up. Bader would be a really good bridge guy. um, And to that, Delauder to the um, Valera uh, time frame, you know the 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 one year guy that's going to come in and, and do something. Um, it would there, but I you know I you those guys are you're looking at, you know, a little cheaper. Someday along the line, you're you're looking for surplus value. If you're Cleveland, that's basically the the catchword that they always have. Um, and with Bader, the the pluses he has with his bat. Don't necessarily, or with his glove rather, don't necessarily weigh out his bat. He does; he is a good hitter, but it's not at the, uh, the, the what you're looking at. Is like Miles Straw. Miles Straw is able to be a not great bat and center field because he saves you 22 runs a game. In 2023, Zach Meisel wrote this week. He you know he only saved I think six or seven runs, so that drop off was was monumental because he wasn't playing as well on defense and then wasn't hitting. So it was just crapped. Um, Bader isn't, isn't as he's better at the plate, but he's not as good defensively and center. And I think you're just able to, you know, I think honestly, it's just the money that really kind of hung it up because they, it is, that was a move that, you know, could have made, I hadn't heard of Bader or thought of Bader as being an option, Is because we've already, you know, we have Miles Straw on the team, so they getting a a defensive specialist in center wasn't really an an option. You know, most everyone was looking for upgrades at uh, on at the plate, necessarily in defense. So, Uh,
0: I I want to kind of keep beating a dead horse really quickly as we keep bringing up shane bieber over the past couple of years will he get traded will he not get traded what's his value like um i read somewhere i can't remember um where it was and as we try to figure out what his value may be um i look at the movement and contracts of tyler glass now and chris sale and the money that they got two very injury prone guys and uh someone right. like Tyler Glass now who hasn't pitched, I think, over 140 innings in his career yet. Um, but someone who got a lot of money, and sure it was with Los Angeles and they can afford it. But it it has me thinking about the value about Shane Bieber, someone who has been a little bit injury prone. Maybe his ceiling isn't as high. But when I look at two guys like that, I kind of my my expectations um I guess aren't tempered in that way because maybe right. they could get what they feel is a decent deal out of them. And as we know, Cleveland, they will not budge unless they get what they feel as a, as a proper deal for any of their players. So I want to get your thoughts on that as well, as, as we continue to hold on to Bieber and we don't really know when or if he'll be traded or if he'll walk away as a free agent.
1: Yeah. I want to check on it real quick. I want, I was trying to go off of memory, but um, Shane Bieber pitched 200 innings, not in 2023, but in 2022, if you add up, Tyler glass knows 2021, 2022 and 2023. They just barely get over 200 innings over the last three years. Um, so just to show you how injury prone he's been, um, yeah, the, 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 guardians front office tends to set a price and then says, you're coming to me or you're not coming at all. Yeah. And they no, they do not budge. Uh, um, and there is obviously they do. We know, you know, uh, we say they don't, but they obviously their their negotiations don't go that way. But um, yeah, to see the deals at, that Glasnow got and say the the trade for sale and the extension that he got, um, to think of like Von Grissom, that's a really good player. Like he he really is. He's got six years of control, um. He was in up and down from the minors last year for Atlanta. But um I mean that's a, a really a pedigreed player um that can play center field, that can play on the infield. Um and Boston got him for a guy who has pitched even, I think, less than Glasnow over the last couple of years. Um a uh, Shane Bieber has has value in the league. And that's what has always struck me as kind of wonky about trading him. If you're trading him for a bat, you have to get control. Like I mentioned earlier with the floral trade for Morris, um, you have to get controllable guys, either major guys with three or four years or prospects that are, that haven't started their clock yet. Um, As we get closer to Bieber being a free agent, those numbers and and are going to come down. Um, But also you have to look at the present day value for a team that has a central division, you know, in its sights. What are you going to do now? If you trade Bieber, are you going to go with Tristan McKenzie, who nearly got Tommy John surgery last year? You're going to go with all three kids, Uh, you know, Tyler, uh, Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams and Logan Allen. We're gonna see Hunter Gaddis pitch. We're gonna see Ben Lively pitch a lot. You know, um you don't have Cody Morris anymore. As much as I loved his I, I loved him grow uh coming out. Um you mentioned having the some of our WFMY guys, uh Ethan and I would go back and forth on the corner cast of the uh what hit what Cody Morris's K percentage was in the minors and whether or not a coin flip you could flip a coin in the dugout and uh heads or tails and you would probably uh you were more than likely to strike out at the plate against Cody Morris and the minors than than not um but yeah the team wants to make sure that they get commiserate value because they they don't want to deal Bieber and be out of it for 2024 um so you have to be able to deal him. That's either an eye fully to the future or something that's going to help you get there this year where you pick up maybe, you know, not a, not a Norr Syndergaard, but something along those lines of that trade last year with Ahmed, where you get a, uh, a starting pitcher that might have a bloated contract, but a better prospect or a better bat that's helping you this year. Um, those are those are deals I can see going with Bieber. I don't think at this point a Bieber trade is happening. Um, you know, we are less than a month away from pitchers and catchers and they like having things a little bit more settled by now. And we've obviously when like I said, we've mentioned the diamond group, we don't know what their money is like. So they've already already got Bieber signed to our arbitration deal, so they know what his number is going to be. They can map that out from there and, and do all that. So
0: yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the division race and who's going to be behind him because I think for me as a Guardians fan, knowing how weak the central is and knowing that you can go get it, I feel like they're kind of in this, this limbo period where they don't want to rebuild and they have the talent to kind of go get the division title and make the playoffs. And for me, I'd be much more comfortable, granted, if he's healthy, if Shane Bieber would be out there because he's, he's the veteran and he's done it before. Right. And so that you don't have to rely on three guys that were rookies last year. And as we know, if you lean on them too much, how their career tends to turn out later in their careers when you, you overwork them. Um, Right. So for me, I feel like I'd, I'd be pro keeping him. I guess my only thing would be, are they trying to um, increase his value? Should he perform very well over the first half? I guess.
1: It's possible. I mean, the, the idea is if he pitches, well, you can trade him in July but if he is pitching well, you're probably doing well. So are you really wanting to trade your, your, you know, at, at that point, your, your ace. Again. Yeah. are <laughs> <Again. laughs> You really want to deal with your like ace and, and send that, send that to your fans and send that to your locker room that, you know, Hey, perform well. And you too can be a Yankee one day. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, the, the division is kind of weird. I will mention this and I'll use this analogy. I'm not a big basketball guy but um the guardians are in a weird spot where they are constantly at the edge of being a contender because they have a division crown and they have a home playoff home playoff series but they also kind of almost need to do a little bit of a teardown um and they're in that like nba spot where you're like in the play-in game zone where you're like an eight, or you a seven, eight, nine seed? And you're like, should we tank for a guy, and try to get to the the higher end of the of the lottery, or should we try to catch fire and play the Celtics in the playoffs? Like you know, and it's it's that kind of weird limbo that the Guardians are in as well. Where you know, we obviously want them to win. We always want them to get a division crown if they can. But at one point, at some point, you have to say like, "Hey, we gotta put this together." Because one and done isn't getting isn't helping fans feel secure about what they're rooting for.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that. That window of 2016, 2017, kind of shut very quickly. It's like as, as quickly as we right. got there and got that national recognition, it was over. And next thing you know, yes. your best players. In New York, just like you said, he's not for the Yankees, but he's still in New York for a better right. team. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, and, and you know, hey, we got Andres Jimenez, who's, you know, Steamer has him projected as being the best hitter on the on best position player on the team.
0: So, who knows? Yeah. Speaking of a best hitter on the team, um, last year we saw the breakout of Josh Naylor. Um his I don't want to say his future is, is kind of in limbo, uh, but we do know uh the rival of Kyle Manzardo and other backups that may be able to play the position. Are you gonna put him back in the outfield? Um, do you think that Josh can replicate his success from last year and can the team kind of ride those coattails to I guess you could say another division title?
1: Absolutely. I don't see that there was nothing in Josh's profile last year um that screamed outlier to me. Um you know, he he started performing better against left handed pitcher because he started facing more left handed pitching. They needed him out there and so they stuck him out there. Um it's kind of a you know crap or get off the pot situation where you Terry Francona is a legend. I don't want to disparage him at all, but he had a situ- he had a, a thing where he he never let guys face everyone was a platoon bat until they weren't a platoon bat, but they never knew if they weren't a platoon bat until they just had to do it. And so um, giving Naylor a little bit more chance, a little bit more run against left-handed pitching um, proved to be a, a, a boon. And um, there, like I said, there's, there was nothing that he did last year that was like, I don't know that he can do that again. Um, maybe some of the clutch shooting stuff, but that's, I you know, it, it he's he is a guy that almost has that clutch gene in him, and you can tell that he has the locker room that he is a a guy that that feeds on the on that moment, and I don't doubt that he would be able to do it again if he if he was trying so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. um, Obviously, we hope that he can replicate that success um, because Jose Ramirez is now 31 years old. And even last season, despite really another great season out of him, it seemed like he kind of regressed a little bit as we know, he's getting older, um, isn't playing as much every day at third base. Of course, he's getting those days off at DH. Uh, but how long do you think he can keep this up? Because, you know, he does have this, this loyalty to Cleveland that we love. But at some point, you know, we kind of not get rid of him, but it's, like you said, kind of uh, crap or get off the pot. And hopefully it's with him while he's still healthy and he's kind of that, right. that cog um, in the lineup. But how long do you think he can can keep it up? I don't see him.
1: Uh, I don't see him waning, you know, maybe the next three or four years we see him where he's you know only only in the field three or four days out of the the week as as opposed to the sunday the the chick-fil-a close on sundays uh you know dh spot for jose um he can do whatever he wants i don't either there's no um there's no thing no one's ever going to tell him that he you know needs to sit down or anything like that. And when he's, when he says he's done, he's done. Um, I do think that he maybe got a little banged around. I was really surprised. He was, I made mention over the year last year that, um, I expected to hear that he was having some sort of surgery right after the season was over. Um, cause he got banged. He got that one situation where he was really banged up. And I think he had the, I, uh, IL, um, and he just never seemed to be right after that. But, um, he didn't. It no word of it, at least. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something that was just off the books. And, but, um, yeah. Uh, and also, I I joke with Milner about this in our Discord all the time. Thirty one. Uh, I'm thirty eight. So I am an old old man compared to the guys that we write with that at, uh, at Wfy and everything. And uh, Milner, I always te- tease him. I'm like, you know. Joe Flacco's turning 39 next week And the old Meme of like Here he is, the oldest man in the league A miracle out there And he's younger than me almost So it's like, ugh But uh, yeah, so I always I always laugh when it's like He's turning 31 He might have a downturn I'm like, yeah, he probably is it's, okay. It happens, man But uh, it's not like he's Getting rid of the, you know Old Yellerum out there
0: yeah, like you said, for 31, he's still doing very well. You just don't know how long it'll last. That's the only thing. Because we know how oh, yeah. important he is to this lineup. It's like when he goes, the rest of the team goes. When he struggles, yes. it seems like everybody else struggles, minus Naylor, of course, from last year. But you right. know, we need more people than just two guys to kind of help that offense go cause, because we've seen the struggles all year long. They didn't do much. Um, but speaking of the offense, I um, wanted to take a quick look at MLB's top 10 countdown for each position right now. Um, we just talked about Josh Naylor and um, he was not in the top 10. Um, I guess you could kind of make an argument for that, but of course, I'm, I'm looking at it with my Guardians uh, lenses on.
1: Guardians and, goggles.
0: Uh, yeah, and Andres Jimenez was number seven, I believe, uh, on the list of top 10. He was six, um, actually. Oh, I actually pulled it up right now. He was uh, seven behind Matt McClain of the Reds, Gatel Marte of the Diamond. Backs, Luis Arise of the Marlins, Marcus Simeon of the Rangers, Jose Altuve of the Astros, and a little bit of a cheat because it's only been revealed recently that he's going to be playing second base every day. Uh, again, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Um, so when I look at that list... I mean there's there's probably a guy or two I'd I'd swap him with, but what are your thoughts on on him being the seventh best second baseman right now? I mean, we do understand he did kind of have a down year, but he did explode onto the scene and, and get a much deserved contract extension after the 2022 season.
1: Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Streamer has him as the best hitter in the lineup, um, even ahead of Jose, um, projection wise. And I think he's I think he's primed for a uh another breakout year i think I think last year Kwan made a mention of this earlier in the summer or in the winter rather where um they kind of fell back on their laurels a little bit they weren't pushing as much and he, it, I don't remember a hundred percent so i I feel bad even bringing it up because I don't have the quote right in front of me, but I do think that there was a little bit of these guys um taking some time off and, and not necessarily pushing as much as they could. Um, but he may, I, I think he's one of the very best that's out there. And um, I, I agree with his placement on the list. Really um, the Matt McClain, you can maybe argue a little bit should be there. I do think that Ozzie Albies is way more upset than Andre's about being left off the list. Than uh, being, you know, left seventh, but um, yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's accurate. I think he's probably in the upper echelon of second baseman in the league, and you know, he's one of the best hitters in the in the lineup. I think he's, um, if not the most, he's I don't, he's not the most important. I don't think. I think you're. I think you are right in saying that Jose is definitely the straw that stirs the drink with the lineup, but I think him uh Jimenez is pretty high up there. I also am fine with him staying at second base. Yeah. Everyone wants to move him back to shortstop. Just leave him at second. It's fine. It's okay. It'll be all it'll be all right. It really
0: will be. Yeah, I actually agree with that because um, there was some talk whether we don't know how real it was about moving Jose back to second and all that. I mean, he's he's pretty much at home at third, and I'm fine with Jimenez staying at second, especially when you have a plethora of middle infielders and shortstop in general. Um, when you have a hole over there, so let them find their place over there. Uh, right now, I don't know what they were, you know, looking at when it comes to the ranking. I think for me, I I think at best I would put him fifth, just because when you when you take into account his defense as well, not just his, his offense, right. like you said, uh, Streamer has him probably being the best offensive hitter on the team. I think that that probably gives him more of an argument to kind of be top five, if you will. But um, I guess seventh isn't bad, right? It's top ten. So,
1: Hey, you know, there's 32 teams. You're in the top third? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all right. Before we wrap up, uh, I do want to ask you uh, who you think is the most important player on the team. And I guess we just kind of answer that question. So I guess we'll piggyback off of that um, outside of Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor for 2024.
1: Yeah. We just talked about Jimenez. It, 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 to me, it's him because he, he helps create that upper third of the lineup, upper fourth of the lineup, you know, um, into something that's unstoppable. Almost um, behind him would be Quan. And we, we saw, I think 20, I think 2023 was Quan's baseline. And even then that's a really good baseline for a player. Um, he was, he struck out a little bit more. He wasn't getting as many like bleeder doubles down the line. Um, but you know what you're getting out of Quan. You know, you're going to get a productive bat that is, you know, he's not going to wa- He's not going to strike out a bunch. He's going to get on base He's going to get ahead. I do think they're going to actually use Jose hitting second this year um, instead of at third, um, and put and flip flopping him and Jimenez, um, which I which I love. I love doing that because that allows Jose to get more at bats um, when Kwan's up there. You know he's going to get good pitches because he has somebody who's one of the top ten hitters in the league, in Jose behind him and then you have Andre's getting meatballs because a guy or two or is already on base. Um, so I think that's, I, I, I imagine a ton of lineup because This is the first year with, uh, Steven Vogt, so We have no idea what his tendencies are going to be. Um, Terry Francona was very much a, like, we're going to put a lefty and then a righty and a lefty and a righty and lefty and a righty and, and swapped the, the, the lineup as much as he could. Um, but uh, I, I do think that that's something that we can maybe look forward to. Um, but yeah, to me, it, to me, it's Andres. He's the guy that uh, really needs to get back to the MVP form that he had in 2022. Um, and if, if and when he does, uh, I say when. I think he. I think this lineup will look so much better, and we won't have to worry so much about who we missed out on trading away Bieber or class a or whoever. I don't agree with trading class a either. Um,
0: those guys can all fly away. Yeah. Um, I do want to bring up another name. I actually do agree with you, but another guy that I would love to have a, a breakout season and continue that success from last season is bow nailer. Um, I just think oh, his feeling yeah. is, is off the charts. And I think if he can I mean, he pretty much unlocked his offense during the last month of the season. We saw he hit, I think, like 307 over the last month. Um, If he can continue that into, uh, you know, 2024, then, yeah, you got yourself an all-star lineup that can easily make a run at the division title.
1: Right. You're looking at, I mean, and him getting, he's going to be the starter. He's going to play five, you know, four out of seven, five out of seven games a week um, with Hedges getting, you know, the the Beaver starter or or whoever. Um, But getting his production more times out of the week will boost the lineup so much better because of what we saw the the catcher position do at, at most of the year last year. It was horrible. It was as black of a hole as possible and getting as good of, of Naylor's production as there, as it was last year, that is such a giant jump in value um, over what was That's a, that's a really, I had, I've not forgot about Bo, but that was, that's a, that's a really good option. Um, one question I had for you that I want, that that uh, we hadn't brought up. Who do you think is the starter at shortstop? Gabe Gabe Arias or or Rokio.
0: I'm gonna say Arias. You gonna say Arias? Yeah, I'm gonna say Arias because I think that he did enough to earn that position at least going into the season. Now okay. after that, we'll see whether or not he loses it. But I think it's his job to lose.
1: Okay. I'm. I think Rokio will end up being the starter by the end of the year. I think Arias. So I. Probably agree that he gets the he gets the nod on like opening day, but I think Rokio is the floor is so much higher with Rocchio. The ceiling's not there. I mean, Arias could be Carlos Correa. He really could. He has that bat. He has the exit velocity. He has the the pop, and the defense is good enough to be just stick at shortstop. He can he can play anywhere, but um, the swing and miss is just so much with Arias that it 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 hurts. So, um, but Rokio has such a sweet swing, and he can hit 270. You maybe hit 15 home runs, but he can also hit like 30 doubles. You know, he's he's got power. He just doesn't necessarily get it as much over the. He doesn't have the exit velocity numbers that Arias has, and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think I I think the error bars are shorter on Rokio. Um, and I think they end up starting him at shortstop, but I, that, that doesn't mean that I think Arias is going away. Um, he can play all four infield spots. He could play right field. Um, if they just use him in that like Benzo risk utility role, I think Arius can be a really good player for the team.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree. Yeah, I think there's so many players, so so many different storylines to look forward to this season that I think. You know, hopefully it's not a, a a lackluster season like last year. You just knew at some point it was just like, all right, they're not turning the corner, but there are so many young guys that you could kind of pay attention right. to. And I find that hope, you know, that's going to happen again, but hopefully it's for a winning team. So, I mean, I'm a Guardians fan. I'm going to watch regardless, but, you know, hopefully that's that's what plays out this season. Hopefully
1: um, we'll be watching on prime.
0: I, you know, that's fine with me. It's funny because I don't have a belly issue just because I still have cable. Um, oh, I'm fine with you one of those cable, yeah I You're I, I the probably, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably never get rid of cable just because I just find it easier and, yeah. and easier than having a, to dish out a subscription price to 10 15 different things on top of Bally not, you know, not working the way it should but, Right. so I, I don't I don't have an issue but if it's we do Prime, the
1: we do the password sharing. I got yeah. I got a 5-year-old and a 3-year-old both girls and so we do a lot of Disney plus and we do that. We share that one with somebody with our, you know, mm-hmm. my brother-in-law and um, we have YouTube TV through, through him. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff that we, you know, it, it ends up that we don't, we don't spend what we would on a cable, wheel, but it's, it is probably pretty close once you break it all down. So,
0: yeah. And that's how I feel. It's just like, I don't have to go to three different apps to look at three different teams. I could just, Flip yeah. the channel, and Bally's, both Bally's are a channel away, depending nice. on if it's the Cavs or the Guardian. so I could just, I just flip the channel, so, so yeah, I don't mind, I'm a cable guy, probably will always be
1: I thought I would so, too, and then it just got to be a yeah. point where I'm like, I just watched, I just watched DVDs, and then it was <laughs> like, I just watched on streaming, so
0: Yeah, I get it though um, I, I really do but um yeah Joe thank you so much for coming on like I said earlier much appreciated uh always fun talking to you guys for waiting for next year um I do want to give you the chance to kind of plug your twitter and uh you know your group anything that you guys do writing podcasts et yeah. et uh, you guys got a good group over there yeah thank you um
1: my handle is uh wfny gerbs um you can always see all of our stuff on uh WFNY CLE. Um, that's our, our main account that we tweet from whenever we have articles posted or podcasts up. Um, we will start recording CornerCast soon. Um, that's with Ethan and uh, Mitch is uh, is coming back. We'll also probably work in uh, Matt Milner. Uh, we call him Wizard. I don't know if you guys have, if you've adopted that nickname for him or not, but I we call him Wizard. I heard that from him. I don't know why we call them wizard. I forget the origin of that one, but uh, we'll have we'll have wizard on the cornercast this year as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. Uh, you can check us out on on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything's there for for that. And then uh, waiting for next year.com. You can find our podcasts there, articles there. I try to write every day. Um, I've been bogged down. I work for a school system, so this has been the hell week of hell weeks where we had Martin Luther King day and then two snow days. So my, I, my workload has been all over the place with having to watch my girls and everything. So.
0: Yeah. uh, Make sure you guys go give them a follow. Uh, As you know, I've had a couple guys from, from them uh, on the show before always a great time. Uh, But like I said, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having Um, me. Of course Uh, for Joe, this is, Your host, Amari McPherson. Thank you for listening on another episode of Believe in Guardians, and we will catch you next time. Peace.